spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Who's good and who's bad? I'll tell you my secret for seeing through the deception. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Telling you the libertarian take, the deep of center take on the news of the week, the biggest stories. I like to lay out the agenda behind the 24-7 cable cycle. And I like to tell you the principles that we need to use as touchstones for evaluating these stories. So it's different, even if it's the same story as you're hearing all week long, it's a totally different take. And sometimes the stories that I think are the most important uh, aren't the ones that dominate the news cycle. So today I want to go a little deeper on what might seem like a broad range of subjects, but really uh, what I want to look at is the people in the news, the people who are delivering these messages to you, and what among them, who among them are are really newsmakers who are really genuine, sincere, authentic, and which ones are are there to serve the agenda, often wittingly, sometimes unwittingly. And a lot of those people I call created persons. They're created people. They come from kind of like the way... Uh, I feel like now we're fully in the the created person mode where people are face jobs, and that is is oftentimes separate from the people who are really the political movers, kind of like when the monkeys were like the first manufactured boy band. And I, I don't know if the other bands during you know the early days of rock and roll were just organic garage bands, but the monkeys were the first that was like, this is a created band. now they had they had talent, but they were put together. As a you know, for a purpose, for a marketing purpose. And I feel like so one of the big stories in the news this week was Stacey Abrams said she was not going to run for Senate. And this did not surprise me. My producer Binkley is here. She, it did not surprise you either, right, Binkley? Not in the least bit. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a long time, uh, tipped off by many different signals, but oftentimes by her own words, which we are going to get to. So she she is, and I'm going to lay this out too, and I have laid it out before. I should, you know, Binkley, we just were tweeting about all the episodes that we've done that include Abrams stuff. So let's, before the end of the show today, rattle off all the episodes of our show, The Propaganda Report, which you can get at thepropreport.com. The episode numbers of all the things where we talk about Stacey Abrams, because we lay out a lot of her backstory. We lay out a lot of the her own words that kind of reveal her agenda. But what her but for what I think is unique and special about her is 
a lot of, I think many people are what I call created persons. And a lot of them, I feel like they've really separated out the face job from the politician in a way. And it took some time to do that. So I look at the period from JFK to Ronald Reagan. And I think of a lot of those presidents as being kind of old school. So they were deep insiders, deep insiders. Uh, But they were actual real politicians with content. So when they were put into these positions of power, uh, to some extent, they earned them. They had ideas. They wanted to wield some of the power that they had. So I'm talking like JFK. Uh, So some of these people were taken out in coups, a, a lot of them. So JFK, I believe that his assassination was a coup. I believe Watergate was a coup taking Nixon out. Spiro Agnew, his VP, was also taken out in a coup. It doesn't get a lot of press, but his autobiography was called Leave Quietly or Else. Uh, Gerald Ford, deep insider, uh, uh, instrumental in the magic bullet theory. I think that was him and Arlen Specter. They took a shot at him. Ronald Reagan was nearly assassinated. These are guys who are deep insiders, deep insiders, but for some reason, they, and I believe in, in all of those cases, there was, uh, these are, were never like lone wolf attacks or anything like that, that there's a reason for it. There's a reason for the assassinations. And a lot of them, and attempts assassinations, a lot of them involve failures at the, at the closest levels of the protection for these guys. So you, you got to look at this and say, okay, maybe somebody's benefiting from this. Why would, why would whoever had the power to do that or to cover it up or whatever want to take these guys out? And my uh, thinking is that they could not be fully controlled because they had uh, egos and desires and agendas. So, And then I feel like you morph into this day and age where the face job is like they intentionally get somebody who isn't as active as that. Like I really think like, Obama and Trump, you hear stories like Trump doesn't have a computer, likes to watch TV, need ice cream, and Obama... like to watch basketball and um, hang out with Beyonce or whatever, that that there's a certain level of um, disengagement behind the scenes that I suspect takes this old concept way back from Woodrow Wilson and uh, Colonel House, his handler, to FDR, the early days of, of the of let's even call it the Council of Foreign Relations, controlling or influencing our policy. And they said from the beginning, you want somebody who's so egotistical, they would never believe they were actually being manipulated. And I I feel like they've leveled that up and taken somebody who, at the most basic level, doesn't need that much manipulation because they're not that engaged in moving the dial in a real way. But... Somebody like Bill Clinton kind of walks that line. So he's the the created person, but he had a lot of his own, uh, he brought his own abilities to the table and his ego was connected to that ability. And and I, and I if you recall, there was a lot of kind of uh, democratic infighting around, around him and Hillary wanting to exert their own power. And I think that stalled them. So I look at, Stacey Abrams as being that kind of hybrid, more like the Bill Clinton person, because, you know, when people really go bananas that she's so 
charming and dynamic. And uh, there was one quote I saw in an article that her her public speaking is uh, verging on the poetic. And I just I just don't get that from her. So I've you got to wonder why she is uh, taking that she is getting the mantle. She is the heir apparent. She is the one. She is Neo. And I believe that it's more likely because she's very smart, very, very smart. And and I've seen this. I see this type of created person in uh, a group of people I discovered went to a a program of Johns Hopkins called the Center for Talented Youth, I believe. And unlike most programs that are for talented youth, this was established to study ultra-intelligent people. And I believe it was used to identify them and kind of groom them for a large role, or at least get a selection, a pool of people who could be groomed for this larger role. And some of those people I've mentioned before, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Adam D'Angelo, I think his name is, who established Quora, Sergey Brin, I believe was part of that program, the Google guy, Lady Gaga, a real cultural change agent. But when I saw Zuckerberg testifying before Congress, you know, people laugh, he's like a robot. I think he's got just phenomenal recall and the ability to uh, remember stuff. And that's why, you know, I suspect there's a chance that that's why he was tapped for that role, the kind of Pied Piper role, because it's a big role and it takes a lot of brains. And I feel like that might be Abrams' role. And so I believe she is being groomed, and I can tell you what I think the backstory is with her, for the very uh, uppermost echelons of power, and that she is going to, that her goal has always been to not even to win the governorship, and certainly not run for Senate, but to be president. There's one quote in an article about her that says her job right now is not to win, but to lose well. That's, I mean, these are her words. And I think they're, they're accurate. And I, I almost feel, and we actually have a couple of clips that indicate that. And I actually think that she, her, um, it's almost like her White House aspirations are, are a stepping stone, as if she's going to be world world leader, you know, world figurehead at some point. I mean, I know that that sounds like a very, you know, inflated idea, but I think there's, I think if you take the blinders off, you see that there are really big picture uh, visions and machinations at work. What do you think, Pinkley? Absolutely. I think that they've been in training for these roles for their entire lives. And I think we have evidence for that. So I want to lay that out. This is not just her, but I think another, uh, not quite of the caliber, certainly playing a totally different role, is uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I, I think, so one thing that's true about both of these people is that their backstory has, it from, I'm not, I mean, I don't know how far you can go to, like, call people a liar or whatever, but I feel like I don't want to call them liars. But I find that their backstories often smack of the mythical. There are elements of the myth. Yeah. So that's where I'm going with that. Uh, I want to 
kind of lay that out. But then I also want to demonstrate to people who I think are authentic actors. They are the most flawed because or we know about their flaws because uh, if they are authentic actors, they're probably not following the script. They're probably not strictly serving the agenda. And so they get demonized. They get taken out for something other than what it is that that the establishment does not like about them. And I want to kind of lay out how I tell the difference between created persons and the authentic actors. So I'm going to get to that after the break. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are back. This is Monica Perez. We're talking about Stacey Abrams' announcement that she's not going to run for Senate. That was not a surprise to Binkley and I. But we... But I also want to talk about her as a new kind of politician, a new kind of person, a kind of created person. And one of the the things that I think is representative of what's happening right now is this idea that the establishment has so totally been uh, discredited that Nothing really has credibility if it comes through the proper channels. So you get all of these leaked emails as the source of truth. One uh, important tidbit about Julian Assange was accidentally revealed in a, uh, a release of some unrelated material. And this is what gives things credibility. And similarly, politicians are all considered the ones who really, the only ones left who can be trusted are the ones who are these outsiders. Obama's whole thing was that he was, he had hope and change because he was an outsider. Trump is some outsider. He's never even been a politician before. And Stacey Abrams, I think it's very interesting. She recently changed the name of her new book, her, her, um, her work of nonfiction about herself from minority leader to lead from the outside. So it used to be minority leader had to lead from the outside and make real change. And then they just changed the name of the book. From what I could tell, they literally changed the name of the book to uh, how to, to lead from the outside. And that's her whole shtick. But I think we are going to lay out that she is very much not an outsider. And, and the reason she's not going for the Senate is that she still, I believe has it, it has every intention of running for president. Here is a clip of her just last year in her gubernatorial campaign where she makes it very clear that, or I shouldn't say very clear, she makes a Freudian slip that indicates that this is, she is on the road to the White House. I believe she actually says those words. Let's hear that old clip. But I believe that as governor, the goal isn't to change the Hope Scholarship, it's to create a scholarship for low interest loans, but more importantly, for free college for anyone who has financial need to go back to the original Hope Scholarship that Democrats actually undid in 1995. That's what we can do with a good governor in the White. And I was going to go to the White House, I'm not going there yet. <laughs> so that that is her kind of letting that slip but then more recently just in march of this year so not even 2 months ago she 
makes a similar kind of statement. Let's hear, let's hear clip five. I'm deeply concerned that anyone would foment brutal oppression, but when I become president, I'll be able to do something about that. <laughs> so this is her. Yeah, this is her just a month ago. And the she has said she didn't want to be Senate because basically she wants to be, or this was a back and forth in an interview. Monica Perez. Maybe something really cool that... I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. And we're talking about uh, not only Abrams' decision not to run for the Senate in Georgia this year, but the the much bigger story behind Stacey Abrams that Binkley and I have been bringing you since the beginning, which is why it didn't were surprised either of us that she was not running for Senate because she has made it clear from the beginning that she is actually running for president. And so what I'm, uh, so, but not only her story interests me here, it's that there is, there are other people on the scene, specifically Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others who I believe are created people. They are created, uh, persons for public consumption. And I want to talk about some of those people and also some of the people who are not created people, who's, who are flawed heroes, but really ultimately victims. They're, they're, it's not so much their heroism that makes me take notice. It's, their, it's how they were treated as political actors under the guise of being criminals or, or other things. Most of these people end up in jail. So I'm going to reveal that later on in the show. But I want to talk a little bit more about what I mean by this idea that that uh, Stacey Abrams, for example, is a created person by laying out for you what her real backstory is and also what her public actions have been. And if you connect those two, I think you're going to see that that this is really, in a way, a psychological operation, but certainly uh, I think we're being manipulated by the political elite. So, Binkley, why don't you start us off with the tweet from Dean, and then and then let's get into some of the nitty gritty. All right, Dean tweets: Hard for any of them to fake grassroots when you look at the connections. Just incubated puppets waiting to be released. Yes, that's very interesting because Stacey Abrams was part of. So earlier I talked about the John Hopkins Center for Talented Youth that Bryn and Zuckerberg and Gaga came out of. Stacey Abrams went to a program, the Telluride program in high school. And this program, I had never even heard of it, but boy, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's she was in the class of 1990, which means she was a high school junior in 1990 when she was in this program. So how old is a high school junior? 16 years old, maybe? Yeah. So that's when she was identified because her parents were civil rights activists, very well educated. She acts like she's the uh, um, Stacy from the hood or whatever, but she's completely not. I, her parents are well educated, 
preachers, both of them, right, Binkley? Her mom had two degrees, one in library science by the time she was in her mid-20s, and then they also both got full scholarships to go to the Emory uh, Theology School. Right. So they are well-educated, and she and her, one of her sisters is a federal judge, mm-hmm. right? And the other is a scientist at the CDC? At the CDC. Okay. So this, they, they come from uh, a very well-educated family, and I don't begrudge anybody their accomplishments, trust me, but I do think uh, there's, there's a very different idea from someone who clawed their way out of the gutter and somebody who had access to elite training and uh, had doors open through that training from a young age, age of 16. It's the Telluride Summer Program is a six-week educational experience for high school juniors that offers challenges and rewards rarely encountered in secondary school or even college. Each program is designed to bring together young people from around the world who share a passion for learning. They attend a seminar, seminar led by college and university faculty members and participate in many other educational and social activities outside the classroom. Because we believe that that we we pay for everything, don't worry about it. It says it has a rigorous selection process, and TASPERS generally go on to America's finest colleges. They uh, want their students to have a sense of intellectual vitality, interpersonal awareness, and community responsibility that will prepare them for leadership in whatever walk of life they choose. It's one of the most successful and prestigious academic programs in the nation. This is on their website. The more than 3,400 living TASP alumni include leaders in politics, journalism, academia. Those are all the, those are the three areas where I say people tell you what to do but don't actually do anything. The sciences, which is getting in there in that level, of, that um, in that realm, that category, in my opinion, education, medicine, business, and the arts. For many, the six-week Telluride Association program was the formative experience of their lives. So she went to that, and let me tell you what she went on to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's really amazingly impressive. It's so, extraordinary. Uh, it really is. So if you're actually doing this, I, I get that I have this like tweep troll who just rides me relentlessly anytime I say I went to Harvard. I transferred from community college to Harvard and got a degree after two years at Harvard. Like, yeah. yay for me. I'm yeah. so happy. I just, I'll, I'll tell you all day long, I want to inspire you. It's a great story. It's a great story. I dropped out of high school. Like, let's 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 celebrate that story. This guy wants me just shut up. Just shut up about it. I'm like, but why? Like, why not? I have conspiracy theories. Am I some, we were, I was reading an article, you and I were reading an article saying, that conspiracy theories, this is a study, a new study, conspiracy theorists are more prone to commit petty crimes, right? Which I would just say, yes, but the big crimes are committed by the conspirators. Yes. You know, but they're described as a low education, all that kind of stuff, right? So when I have conspiracy uh, narratives that I think fit the facts better than the conspiracy narratives that are given to us from on top. They're all conspiracy narratives. Every If you look at all these villains I'm about to tell you about or the victims of political persecution, almost all of them is just charged simply with conspiracy. Conspiracy to do something wrong. They don't even have to do the wrong thing. So I like to tell people where I'm coming from so they understand that I, I'm not just, I didn't just fall up the turnip truck with the, you know, Mad Dog 2020 in my pocket. I'm Absolutely. And your story is actually inspiring to people who might drop out of school or who might go through who uh, have struggles right. yeah. as opposed to people who start and are groomed <laughs> from the inside. Yeah, but even but but 
if I wouldn't begrudge this this uh, this pedigree of Abrams if she used it to validate her incredible skills of organization yeah. and analysis. And I mean, she has public policy. She has everything. She has acting. She has science. She has, she was a tax. She went to Yale law school and specialized in tax. I mean, talk about yeah. left brain, right brain. Wow. Right. And <laughs> she doesn't woman. lead with that resume <laughs> right. when she's talking to people. She, she leads it's crazy. with, she leads with, I, you know, I didn't have any shoes you know, <laughs> growing up, which is just not not believable. Or her yeah. dad like didn't have a coat or whatever. Her whole whole story is that she is excluded and rejected from everything when it's the exact opposite. She's been included. Yes. So let's say this. So yeah, I dropped out of high school, went to community college, went to the hard program, and I did not get a million internships. I did. I did get the one job I need, needed at the right time. I got. I have a lot of great credentials, but I and I've always thought this. It's like. There is a kind of progression in old America. I don't know what it's going to be like going forward, but like my grandparents were immigrants. So both of my grandmothers were maids. Then uh, my parents were blue collar workers. And then uh, most of my brothers and sisters did not go to college, but I went to, well, they went later. They went, they returned to school after I went kind of inspired them, I think, even though they're all older than I am. Then, uh, and I always thought, but to really, to really make an, an impact or to be rich or powerful or any of that, it has to be the next generation after that. Like the first person to go to college is not the master of the universe. So I've just seen that as a progression, progression. clearly because her parents have graduate degrees, which puts you in another category altogether. Her parents, so she's the child of someone with graduate degrees. And, and so she probably had some familiarity with how to benefit the most from academia, from the doors that the institutions you're involved in are open to. How did she, I never even heard of the Telluride program. So somebody knew about that for her to apply when she was 15. Yeah, her high school, she had to audition to get into that as well. Spelman? A Decatur High School, the art school in Decatur. Oh, yeah, she, oh Spelman and, is the college, Yeah, right. in high school, wow. she went to a program that she had to audition to get into. Wow, wow. As an actor? That's what she was in the beginning. <laughs> ah, that's rich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know she said, because she's like, I majored in acting in science and public policy and tax and law, and it's like, uh, is that real? Like, I can't even, but, but wow, like, that's some, that's some, credential right there so wow uh you learn something new every day so all right so let me rattle off her other what she did when she was on track there so this so so first like wow what an internship i thought was the telluride thing as a junior but that came from so she was away so to to audition for high school you have to do that when you're in eighth grade right Presumably. I mean, I'm not asking if that for sure, but like, let's yeah. just say that's an eighth grade. So by eighth grade, she was plugging into the big time. Yeah. And she calls her high school Avondale. It was actually, I believe, the Decatur School for the Arts, which she doesn't use that name because when you use that name, you look it up and you find out that she had to audition to get in. Right. It wasn't it's just like a regular. It's like Obama's high school in Hawaii. Like if you look for notable alum, there's a list. If you go to my high school and you look at notable alum, <laughs> there's no list. So, uh, okay. So, so after that, this stuff is all kind of college era and after. And I think she first took office or was 
was had a political position at maybe the age of 29. I can't remember. I can't remember now. So don't don't quote me on that. But th- so she's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the mothership, as Hillary Clinton called it. She's a next generation. This stuff, you could dig into each one of these and find like the globalist agenda in, in every single one of them. So I can't. I'm just going to tell you the last one. I'm going to give you a little color on. It's the next generation fellow of the American Assembly at Columbia University on U.S. global policy and the future of international institutions. Very elite. And what they talk about is how to use foreign policy for military objectives, but also for cultural objectives. So foreign policy for cultural objectives. To me, that's basically that violates the sovereignty of other countries. But uh, she was an American Marshall Memorial Fellow, which I think is Germany, Germany. American Council of Young Political Leaders Fellow, which was a Department of State program, a Council on Italy Fellow. I mean, think of this internationalism that's coming out here, which is why I think that she's using the White House as a stepping stone to world leadership than the governor's mansion as as a stepping stone to the White House. So I, I feel this the list is so long. I absolutely cannot finish it before the break. So I'm going to take a break. I'll also tell you, we've done shows on her before. So Binkley just uh, put up on thepropreport.com, episode 149. And in that, you can find links to other episodes, 98, 105, 113. That really goes in depth into some of these programs and some of her uh, activities. So check that out. And I'm going to finish going through this list and give you, bring you up to date after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're back giving you a little, getting you up to speed on... The latest with Stacey Abrams, she was in the news this week for not running for Senate, which I think is a sign of her higher ambitions. And I was just recapping some of the stuff I've covered in previous shows. I'll finish that list right now. But then at the top of the hour, my producer Binkley and I are going to go through some of the some of the new elements of the story she tells to project an image that I think what I'm reading to you now belies that 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 or it would belie. So here, so I just rattled off half the things. And if you want to hear this show on podcasts, tune in Wednesday. Go to thepropreport.com Wednesday morning, and you will uh, be able to hear a commercial free. Thank you, WSB. So, so here are a few more things. She was a British American Project Fellow. This is all the stuff she did in college. Uh, during uh, this is a funny thing because this British American Project. So during the administration of Bill Clinton. Uh, Australian journalist John Pilger attacked the BAP as an example of Atlanticist Freemasonry that many, and actually the Freemasons do a lot of good work, but they are also considered at the, uh, the top of the Illuminati. But that's, that's the kind of stuff that we cover on the Propaganda Report, our yeah. podcast. So that's Thursdays on thepropreport.com. Uh, So he says many members are journalists, the essential foot soldiers in any network devoted to power and propaganda. But she's not a journalist. She's a politician. She also did uh, the Salzburg Seminar 
Freeman Fellowship on U.S.-East Asian Relations, the Salzburg Seminar Fellow on Youth and Civic Engagement. So she's got Europe, Asia. But the big one, the thing that I think is really uh, amazing is the UCOS Fellow for U.S.-Russian Relations. And that that was really a way that Henry Kissinger and his cabal were trying to influence Russian elections. I think I did a whole show on that. That might be episode 105. But I want to I don't want to rehash the old stuff. It's so it was so that that was an amazing one though. But I want to bring you up to speed and and tell you where she's at right now and people other people like that who are similarly created persons as well as some of the authentic people who uh, are misrepresented in in the media right now. So, oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts